When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever felt like you just don't belong? Find out why that is and what you can do about it. Welcome to the Heal the Hurt podcast. Remember when we were kids and we believed that anything was possible? We were going to be the first man or woman to do something really great. But then something happened. Something got in the way of living the life of greatness we know we were meant for. Well, it's now your turn to become the greatest version of yourself. And to achieve that, we will heal the hurt. One of the worst feelings we can ever have is that since we just don't belong, and I think it's an experience all of us go through, we kind of just feel misunderstood all our life, that nobody gets us, nobody really understands who we are or can accept us, and and we just can't open up and be vulnerable because if they knew who we were, they'd reject us. And so most of us are just caught in that trap of that sense of loneliness and emptiness and hopelessness of, man, nobody gets me, and nobody understands who I am. So I because that's so prevalent. I wanted to talk about that and talk about where that comes from. And if you think about it, the answer is pretty obvious. Childhood. I mean, let's face it. We're born and our parents have their own ideas of how the world works and we have ours. You know, we're all individuals. I mean, we're all told that since we're a child to go be who you are. Yet so much of childhood is about not being who you are. Now, I want to, now that I've touched on that, I want to come back to that in a second because I want to touch on a couple of other things first before I get deeper into what happens into childhood. But the other aspect that I don't think many people really talk about or understand is that for centuries, we've really pushed the idea that our thoughts drive who we are. And any sign of emotion coming into a conversation or coming into our work or coming into any aspect of our life is bad and wrong. Well, over the last 50 years, we've discovered that how incorrect that thinking is. It's not even how our brain and body works, that almost every single thing we ever do, almost every single thought we ever do, we ever have, originates from something we're feeling. People like Antonio Damasio, Candace Peart, many others are, you know, have shown that scientifically, the way we process information and what happens in the brain and body, that you can't separate the brain and body. And what I mean by the body, the body is really, you know, where we keep our emotions. It's a physically felt experience. Think about it. If I were to yell at you right now, what would happen? You'd have a massive chemical, physical, physiological feeling response before you ever got to thought. Because we've all had that experience where we've run into a situation like that where we've been challenged or attacked and we can feel it. 
But then our thoughts go blank and numb. We're not even thinking yet, but we're definitely feeling it. And so one of the biggest struggles, the sense of we don't feel that we belong is we've, we've been pushing thought. You have to think positive. You have to talk positive. Everything's about thought-based and, and use your intellect. Well, what's our intellect? It's really a response to what we're feeling. Yet no one wants to investigate what they're feeling or talk about it or give you the tools to navigate your feelings, it's not no one. I mean, there's emotional intelligence. You know, this field is changing. People are, you know, talking much more about emotions. But if you think about it, our species for you know, millions of years has never really dealt with emotion. It's just dealt with thought. Well, of course we wouldn't feel like we belong because we're, we don't even belong with ourselves because we're focusing on the wrong thing. We're trying to change our thoughts when what we need to do is to change our feelings. And so, so much of the media and people in this field are focusing on telling you to change your thoughts. Well, you'll never feel a sense of belonging when you're focusing on the wrong thing. The answer is not in our thoughts. It's in the feelings that generate the thoughts. That's where the solution lies. So now I want to circle back to parenting. Where do we learn about feelings? I mean, we obviously, as a child, as an infant, we can't think. We're just constantly feeling. Now, since, since for centuries, we haven't taught how to feel, we haven't taught how to be a parent, our parents don't realize that their emotional condition influences who we become and how we feel about ourselves. So just the natural stresses of life and, you know, dealing with jobs, career, uh, careers, and relationships, and friendships, and family. If we have never been taught how to regulate our emotions, can you see how that's going to affect a- anyone we come in contact and everything we do? And so for centuries, parenting this aspect of parenting has never been touched on. That our role as a parent isn't so much what we tell them to do, It's what we do within ourselves emotionally. Well, most parents will never even focus on themselves. I mean, you see this all the time. When a kid acts out, a parent gets hyper-controlling and tries to force their will upon the child. Well, when you see a child acting out, what you're seeing is a child expressing the emotional disturbance that's going on in a parent. That hasn't been dealt with because as a child, we have no emotional boundaries. Everything somebody feels comes right into us. There's no barrier. And so whatever our parents' emotional stresses or hurts or past pain, whatever it may be that hasn't been addressed, it's like a funnel. I mean, it goes straight into every child. Well, then a child grows up with this feeling sense. They're crying as an infant. All right, there, you know, that crying is a sense of mom and dad are stressed out. The child feels it, doesn't know what to do, and they can't speak. But that feeling sense, I mean, what are tears? It's a feeling expression. And so, even as infants, even as a species, with those first year or two before we can speak, depending on the child, all we're ever doing is trying to communicate to an adult what we're feeling. Yet, most of us are in thought trying to avoid feelings and trying to control, figure it out logically, what's wrong with the child when it's really a felt experience. You know, it's the ability for a parent to attune 
emotionally and be present emotionally. Well, studies have shown that mothers feeling stress, and as we know, as I've talked about in many of my videos, stress is fear. Any stressful event we go through, any sort of stressor, career, relationship, whatever it may be, creates the fear reaction. So whenever we're stressed or feeling a stressor, we're feeling white hot fear. Well, let's face it, pregnancy is scary as hell, right away, okay? I can't even imagine what it would be like to, for a woman to feel something growing inside of them. Well, now you add in that since we don't talk about emotion, each mother has emotions they've never faced or never dealt with, pain and trauma and stresses that they don't know how to regulate. Well, studies show that even in the uterus, while the child is being born, the whole brain development of the child alters, literally changes who your child becomes, changes when you feel stress. When you feel that fear experience, you completely alter your child. Well, no wonder we wouldn't feel like we belong. So here we are in the uterus, in the safest place of all, inside our mother. Yet our mother is having all of these, you know, difficult emotional experiences that she doesn't know how to regulate because we don't talk, we're, we're just starting to talk about and teach it. And she doesn't know how to navigate it. Well, that's already influencing the sense of a child's belonging and the sense of it's okay. Now they're born, we come out, and our parents go through divorces, addictions, all these different struggles. Well, now that influences us once again. And then what happens in childhood? What is childhood all about? It's the second thing we need, all right? There are two things we need as a species. The first is attachment. We will literally die unless we physically and emotionally attached to another human being. Our survival depends on connecting to our caregivers, usually our parents, or even in adoption, you know, an adopted parent. All right? The second thing we need as a species is the pursuit of our authenticity, who we're meant to be in the world, what we're meant to live out. I call it our greatness, you know, our true potential. Well, what happens in childhood? As we go to express our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, behaviors, our parents automatically come in if they disagree with it because of their own fear. And let's face it, most parents control behavior because they're like, just stop it. You're driving me crazy. Right? We've all had that. Our parents, could you guys just calm down? I'm just, I can't deal with you right now. Well, do you hear what that message sends? I don't belong. There's something defective in me because I'm affecting my mother. That's the message or father who says it. I'm affecting them. I must be bad or incapable. So right there, a simple little comment like that, immediate trauma, I don't belong. Think of how impactful that is. Now, that's what most people, you know, we just minimize so much of our childhoods and we don't really examine the weight of a simple statement like that and how that immediately sends the message, I don't belong with the one or two people that matter the most. My life depends on attaching to you. And what you're saying to me is, I don't belong. That there's something defective with me. That I'm somehow bad 
oh my God, my life is threatened. My pure existence is now in peril because I need you to, you know, provide food, clothing, shelter, nurture, all of these things. And you're screaming at me that I'm the reason you can't be okay. Well, of course we'd feel a sense we don't belong. And so we just perpetuate that because up until, you know, like I said recently, you know, very few people even want to talk about the parenting dynamic in this way. So there are very few people advocating it. So we have billions of people on this planet who are not even aware of a simple little statement like that right there. That one message you will carry the rest of your life unless it's dealt with, unless it's faced. That, that has the, the pain and turmoil of that moment has to be addressed. It has to be turned around and seen for what it is. Now, what happens is most people try and get logical about it and go, well, it wasn't that big deal. I hear what you're saying. Makes sense, Kenny, but it doesn't really affect me. It's funny. I remember that when I, uh, one of my counselors, after I was coming out of my first divorce, and uh, it was an an awful marriage, physical abuse, emotional abuse, but I, I had studied enough of psychology, always been fascinated by it, that, you know, I wasn't willing to blame her for everything. I knew uh, enough that, man, there's problems with me. If I got in a relationship that included this, there's something about me. Now, I don't know what it is, but I know I'm a part of the problem. So when I started seeing him, you know, he started asking me about my childhood. And, you know, for most of you, you know, if you've read my book or you know, watched a lot of my podcasts and different things. Um, when I was 10 years old, I woke up in the morning or in the middle of the night just to use the bathroom and found my mom passed out naked on the toilet. That's when I found out she was an alcoholic. And we talked about that. And, you know, I'm like, but, you know, it happened years ago. It's, it's just, I've dealt with it. I've moved past it. It's not a big deal. It doesn't affect me. And that's what almost everybody says about their childhood. Yeah, it's, I know it was there, but it doesn't really show up. Couldn't be further from the truth. It's affecting us all day, every day. And, and the level of detachment and denial that society is in about the impact of those moments. And even that moment of you guys are driving me crazy. I, I know there will be people listening to this and will push it away and go, I don't care what you say, Kenny. It's not a big deal. It doesn't impact me. I guarantee you this. Your life is an expression of how much it's impacting you. If any part of your life is a struggle, there's your answer. It is for all of us, okay? But as we started talking about it, he said, do you mind if we try something? Just, are you open to different things? I was like, look, I'll try anything. I just want to get better. Look, I just got, you know, treated like dirt. I will do anything to not let have this, you know, happen again in my life. If you have a suggestion on different therapies, I'm, I'll be a pincushion. I'll try it all. I don't care. I'm open to any possibility. It's, you know, a lucky thing because most people are very resistant to dealing with anything. I guess, luckily for me, I've always been like, man, let's, let's dig in. So we did a therapy called EMDR, eye movement desensitization retraining. I I forget exactly what the acronym stands for. Um, But basically what it is, is it's these, it it can be done in many ways, but the way we did it was sounds. 
you hear a pinging in one ear, then the other. And what happens is your, your eyes are closed and they start moving back and forth. And so we go back to the moment. Now they use this treatment with hurricane survivors, children of abuse. It's, it's incredibly effective. Um, and so as we go back through that event, you know, he says, walk back through it. And, and periodically we check in and he goes, how, when you see that, how are you feeling? And I describe, it goes, where do you feel that in your body? And it would always be somewhere in my body. And then he'd go, okay, fo just focus on that feeling. And we'd go a little bit more. And the feeling might shift somewhere in my body, get more or less intense. And then eventually we got to the place where, you know, I turned the corner and there was my mother. And he said, focus on the feeling. And the one thing he said to me before we started, he goes, now, here's the thing. When the train comes, don't get off. I was like, train comes, what's he mean by that? It's like, whatever. Well, as we got to that moment when I turned the corner and saw my mother, I felt this overwhelming sense of pure panic. I, I could feel I was just about to explode in tears. And I started to pull away from it going, no, 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 I can't go there. And then I heard his words. When the train comes, just get on it. And so I did. I went with it. And my God, I just broke. Literally just broke. I don't know that I had ever cried like that. It, what I realize now is that moment, even though I cried and, you know, experienced in the moment, it was still massively massively stuck in me. I was reliving it. I was still completely frozen. And this happens to all of us. Unless you do this work, you are completely frozen in those moments. Yet, because of the worst day cycle and the things I talk about in my book, everyone's done this and go, ah, no. But again, your life, your life shows how you're stuck in your trauma. If there's any part of your life that's not working, it's just an expression of what you haven't healed. That's literally, it all goes back to that. And that's why I was in a relationship like that, is I had never healed that. And I just fell apart. We reworked it, went through it, and, and that, was, that was the first monumental step in my recovery, was I had finally processed it. I'd finally faced it. I'd finally dealt with it. And I had released, because trauma stores in our body not our brain. That's why nearly every single f disease, every single illness, even every single injury, one thing they all have in common, every single one, is childhood trauma. Every single one, cancer, fibromyalgia, arthritis, MS, lupus, migraines, whatever your health condition is, sick, COVID, all this COVID stuff, it all, one thing they all have in common is unhealed childhood trauma every single time. That's always an element of any illness and disease. Even the CDC admits that. It's, it's been published in multiple journals and articles. But sadly, this is what's killing so many people from this is the medical community, in, there's only a couple of schools in all of the U.S. where anyone who becomes a doctor 
even takes a single class on trauma. Every one of your doctors has never even been taught about how trauma works in the brain and body. That's why it's not out there. And why is that? Because every single medical school is funded by the drug company. There's no inherent benefit in giving people the real solution. Everything's predicated on medicine, you know, pills and stuff. Now, I'm not saying don't take pills. They can have wonderful benefits. But there's always that emotional trauma. And that's, that's proven medically, scientifically. We're just very slow to change because look at what the medical community is going to have to admit. Wow. Maybe I need to go learn some new stuff. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, what happened in childhood when we were wrong? We got in trouble. And so any doctor, any scientist, what they're experiencing is, no, no, I, mom, dad, don't yell at me. Don't tell me I'm a bad kid. Because if you tell me that, I won't belong. And so that's what you're seeing. And, you know, people call it alternative medicine. It's not alternative. It was years ago. But now the science behind it proves all of it. But you have a society filled with people who don't belong because we haven't taught this stuff. And so when we point out information that could help us, we push it away because it furthers that sense of not belonging. So whether it's, you know, politics, racism, whatever it is, whatever side of the fence somebody's on, the reason they don't want to drop their wall and be open to new information is because they're reliving those moments. They've never healed from childhood of not belonging and being bad and responsible for their parents' struggles. Well, why would we judge them for that? Why, you know, whatever side of the politics you're on of any issue, all they're expressing is their fear and pain. That's it, they're not bad people. They're just hurting both sides, whichever, you know, or all sides who, you know, when they're in, in, uh, stuck on it's, it's only this is the only option. You're just seeing, you know, whichever person is taking that stance, you're just seeing them fight with their parents and saying, please, I just want to belong to something. That's all. And there's a group of people that I can belong to over here. And I couldn't belong to you. Now, the question becomes, how do we heal that lack of belonging? What's the solution to it? How do we get back to a sense of belonging within ourselves? Well, I've only seen one way to do it. I've seen everyone dance around it and try and avoid it, but there's only one solution, and it's massive, massive vulnerability. It's a willingness to share everything about yourself, all your demons, all your skeletons, all your broken, you know, People don't like when I use the term brokenness. I don't see it as something negative. We're all, to me, I guess broken implies it can't be fixed or there's something damaged about you. And, and that, again, if, if you can't accept that so-called negative term, what does that mean? Well, look, I'm incredibly broken. Addictions, divorces, went through sexual abuse as a kid, um, physical, you know, violence. I, I, course I'm broken, you know, but it doesn't mean I can't be mended. I mean, we all break a bone or break something. It doesn't mean it's permanent, but there's a break there. There's still a, a scar in those bones and my, you know, the surgeries I've had. You can't take that away. That's a part of the brokenness. And that's the part we want to suppress. 
That's the part we don't want anyone to know about and don't want anyone to share or experience from us, and that's what's killing us all. The inability to go, wow, yeah, I'm broken perfectly. And so that's why I share my whole life story. And, and I realized after spending years trying to do everything but that, you know, almost cost me my life. And if you look at anyone with peace, what are they at peace with? They've learned to belong to themselves. And so that's why I'm so open is if I can tell you all my scars, all my skeletons, how manipulative I can be, narcissistic, controlling, um, God, pick, pick your adjective. I'm all of them, you know, in moments. We all are at some point. So if I can own that, if I can, do you see what that gives me? Belonging. Belonging to myself first, because if I can't accept me, how could you ever? Right? Because I'm always hiding something. There's always this piece of me I don't want you to know about. Well, I'll never have belonging. And that's what happened in childhood. Wait a minute. We went to express ourselves. Our parents said, you're bad. No. So we suppressed it. Well, we never felt that sense of belonging and full acceptance. That's why we have secrets from our parents. Because if they found out who we were, they'd reject us. And that's why we have secrets from everybody else. Because if you found out who I was, you'd reject me. Which means now I'm codependent. I'm dependent on you to give me belonging. That's a trap. Do you see how that makes everyone else God? I'm, ne I'm never in my life. I'm never empowered. I'm always disempowered because my sense of belonging, my sense of comfort is always predicated on you. Well, there's only one way out of that. It's to fully accept yourself. Well, how do you accept yourself? You got yourself. And you go, this is me. Yep. And so if you look at comments on my page and people call me names or whatever, I'm, almost all my responses are like, yeah, that's me. Like, where's the lie? I don't need to argue with them. It's true. I've been those things. I may not be in that moment, or we may have a different reality of that moment. But it's true. I can be all of those things. Fake, phony. I mean, all the different things people accuse me of. It's true. I have my moments where, you know, if you watch some of my videos and you see some of my mannerisms, and I roll my head this way or something, it looks very dramatic and, you know, theatrical. Well, here's what's happening. I literally have no clue what I'm going to say. None. My mind has gone blank. And it's this natural kind of defense mechanism or theatrical movement to create a pause so I can figure out what the heck, what did I just say and how am I going to continue my point? That's what it is. But do you see how safe that is for me to tell you? So if I tell you that, now, to you, it may look fake and stuff. Well, that's fine. Sure, there's a level of fakeness. I'm scared to death in that moment. I have no clue what I'm going to say. I'm going to make an ass of myself. Well, what do I do? I stay with it. I don't back out of it. And then I share it with you. Do you see the freedom it gives me? See, now when you see it, you know who I am. But see, I had to be comfortable in myself first. And so that allows attachment. That's like, oh, wow, see, I know who he is. If you know who I am, you can attach to me. But to know who I am, you got to know everything, right? And so we don't belong because we don't belong to ourselves. 
So the first step in all of this is a willingness to, I know it's scary. I know how fearful it is, but it's a choice to go, man, this isn't working. It's killing me. I don't have love. I don't have what I want in my life. And I can continue that and continue feeling this way and having this life experience. Or I can try something new. Well, for me, suicidal was the only option I had. So I opened up. Now, how did I start? I'm gonna, this is a massive topic and massive solutions. I'm going to give you just a couple to start with. Go on to Google, print off feelings list. And for 30 days, track your feelings. Start seeing that every single choice, every single thing you ever do starts with a feeling. So at first, just several times a day, look at that feeling list and see what you're feeling. Then ask yourself, what was I doing before and what was I doing after? And you're going to start seeing how your feelings are driving everything. Then ask yourself, when was the first time I felt this? It's going to take you back to a sense, especially any negative feelings. It's going to take you back to a sense of when you didn't belong as a child. You're going to start uncovering it. Okay? The second thing is... Um, Make a list, write down what your morals and values are, your needs and wants, and what's negotiable and non-negotiable. Because see, as a child, those things were decided for us. Remember, we had to drop our morals and values, our needs and wants, negotiables and non-negotiables, our authenticity to get attachment. And so we don't belong because we're not operating in who we are. Now, if you don't know the full breakdown of what a moral and value is and all that, I run classes on all of this. I'd be happy you know, send me an email. I'd be happy to give you the information. If you really want the full solution on how to overcome all of this and how to get a sense of belonging, that's everything I teach in the university, my books, all of it. Because that's what's robbing you of your greatness. That's what's robbing you of your potential is a lack of belonging to yourself. And when you heal that, and when you heal what originally broke that belonging, everything just falls in your lap. I know that's scary because we haven't been taught how. And that's why I decided to do this career is I realized no one's teaching us how. And so that's what I've developed as a process to show you how to belong to yourself again. And when you do that, you get belonging from others, mostly because you're not dependent on them. When I don't get a sense of belonging from others, I'm okay because I've learned to belong to myself. And that's what every student or client I've worked with that's what we end up creating is a sense of belonging to ourselves. So try those out. Let me know how they work. Keep in touch with me. But remember, if you want to get over the sense of not belonging, there's only one way to do it. Heal the pain that caused it and start learning how to belong to yourself once again.